Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. <laughs> you bet. Last week we didn't even introduce ourselves because we were already like four Bloody Marys in by the time <laughs> oh, we started right. recording. All right, I'm Who's we? So, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And this week we are going to be talking psychotic breaks. Oh, mm. I'm Real splintering fun stuff. of your mind. I'm Real so fun excited. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's such a gentle topic. <laughs> so, uh, what wine can we pair with going completely insane? <laughs> well, I found a fun one at Total Wine Bloomington. Thank they God. really need to sponsor us. What the fuck? They really do. Right. But me on, asking every single week is not helping our case. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week I've chosen Twisted Old Vine Zinfandel. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. This is our cheapest bottle yet at $4.99. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I really brought out the big guns on this episode. So it's going to taste real twisted. I actually think it might be really good. It's gotten a lot of awards, so you never know. And I personally love Zinfandel. You can call me an old lady all you want, but it's yeah. one of my absolute favorite varietals. Probably because it pairs really well with food. <laughs> and I love to eat. <laughs> it's full bodied. It's well balanced. It's not too sweet. It's not too heavy. It's not too acidic. So old ladies are clearly onto something with this wine. Um, the grapes here typically produce a robust red wine, although in the U.S. a semi-sweet rosé wine called White Zinfandel yep. actually has six times as many sales as the red, which like says so much. That is what and my so grandparents many- drank. For years, Just they the, had, I like they whites had a in. Giant whites in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that mm-hmm. shit is nasty. Mm-hmm. But if I said I'll I had never it. gotten super drunk off of it, that would be a lie. <laughs> um, this grape does have a high sugar content and can be fermented into levels of alcohol exceeding fifteen percent, which like Whoa. fuck yeah. Packs this bottle punch. though is thirteen point five. So wah wah. <laughs> oh well next time we'll get like a 17 percent zin and we'll just die on air it'll be great we're also recording well, it's this nice to t- like two days after the bloody mary episode so we all Ooh. need like a little bit of a pass <laughs> no i was just gonna say <laughs> we're all still recovering i had so many bloody marys but anyway um <laughs> the taste of this wine will depend on the ripeness of the grapes at the time of harvest and also like the climate in which it was grown obviously so red berry and fruit flavors like raspberry um, are going to predominate in wines from cooler areas whereas more blackberry and like anise and pepper notes are going to happen in anise anise in this wine <laughs> in a warmer area so even though it's the same grape the climate where it's grown is going to very much affect the flavor. 
This bottle is out of uh, Manteca, California, so we can expect some of those characteristics from warmer growing areas, and we'll have to just crack her open to find out, and this is a twist off, which don't think I didn't make that decision on purpose this week because I'm still recovering. (laughs) So we're going to give it a little little yank. Well, also, it would be pretty fucked up if twisted wine was not a twist off. Wasn't a twist off. I agree. Yeah, branding. pouring. Ooh, it's very (laughs) pink. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies. Weird color. Cheers. 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 (laughs) All right. I haven't even taken a sip yet, and I'm already gagging. The bouquet is nauseating. It smells like wine, so I'll take it. It's probably wine. I'll get back to you in a moment. Oh, God. All right. We're so classy. Lucy, uh, give us some background into people's minds just giving up on them. Enter our minds. Well, oh, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> like the cell um, with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> okay, so a so this one was a little difficult to research because there are so many factors that go in or could go into someone who's suffering from a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a break is defined as when a person experiences acute psychosis. And psychosis is very generally described as a loss of contact with reality, but it really encompasses a wide range of symptoms. So uh, we're going to be diving into, like, a few different, like, areas that Mm -hmm. you could attribute a psychotic break to. It's not any one of these, and these aren't the only factors that are... Yeah. ...that can contribute to one. That's fair. Um, Do your best, gold star. I'm... I always do. (laughs) Okay, a psychotic break is when a per- when a person experiences this. It's usually for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of comes out of nowhere. No one's really expecting it. Oh, fun! Or it is, uh, or sometimes it's comforting. the first time after a long period of being symptom free. Mm-hmm. So it could kind of herald the onset of a serious mental illness like schizophrenia. Okay, you know, that that shit's got to start somewhere for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, or it could be after, like, many, many years of not suffering from a break. Sometimes it happens when you're tw- once when you're 25, and then maybe you're on some meds for, the, for a while, and, mm. it, and then it happens again when you're in your 60s. Wow. That, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, we can check our 25 collapse off of all of our list. That's true. <laughs> well, so now we just have something true. to look forward to in our 60s. Those were arbitrary numbers that I said, but I did read that for I women. I already put it on a calendar, so it's done. It's done. Wine induced marks, collapse at age 60. Um, Check. Amanda marks off the days of her calendar with a big red Sharpie of every day she does not have a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. That she I have proud. 31 years left before I get my second break. <laughs> Um, statistically, though, for men, it's more common to have your first psychotic break uh, under the age of 30. Hmm. And then for women, it's under the age of 35. But that's just Dang. statistically speaking, it's more common 
women tend to have their first one if they experience one at all a little bit later than men on average. Mm, okay. It's probably when they have um, kids. So not a, oh, Fair I'm enough. Getting, I'm getting to those fun facts. Oh, oh God. Um, okay, <gasps> so not a whole lot is understood about psychotic breaks in the in the sense of something coming out of nowhere, you know, like mm-hmm. how we're sort of... Um, <laughs> how we're framing a psychotic break. Sure. Um, so the medical community doesn't... There, There is no hard and fast diagnosis, and there is no uh, recommended prognosis or a clear treatment plan. Okay, so it, it can really be hard to tell. It really depends on the person. Like, they can't tell if this person is going to have another one in the future or what kind of, like, rehabilitation they may need. It could, it could easily just happen and then they could go back to a normal life or correct um okay. it's been described by doctors as less of a sudden snap like a break mm-hmm. and more of a a slide yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. albeit some slides are steeper than others so people who are going through a psychotic break it will be obvious to the people around them in Britney most cases Spears. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh, almost all of the time, people can come back to reality after a break give, with treatment and med- medication and things, so they're not broken, okay. mm-hmm. as, as the term break might suggest. Okay. However, it is critical to get medical help in the case of a psychotic break um, in the initial, uh, when the initial presentation has occurred, uh, because it could, it could be the first, like I said, the first episode in a larger illness like schizophrenia. Right. Okay. Um, the highest risk for suicide uh, for people with these types of disorders is within the first five years of illness. Okay. So an immediate assessment by, and this is important, by a multidisciplinary professional because it could be anything. It really could be anything. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, especially with children, parents will just be like, oh, she's she's acting weirdly. She's acting badly. Mm-hmm. She's having outbursts at school. We're taking her to a therapist mm-hmm. where in actuality that could just perpetuate or um delay treatment for something if it was psycho- uh, psychosis right because then okay. they would need a psychiatrist and medication and not just exactly yeah so it's important to get seen by someone who has a grip on all of those kinds of disciplines. Mm -hmm. Treatment achieves complete remission without relapse in about 25% of patients. Mm. So it's, it's more often that this is a sign of a larger illness or that it will happen again. But if you get treatment and if you're, if you have medication and therapy or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you'll probably, it it might not happen again. 25% is actually higher than I was thinking you were going to say wait okay yeah complete remission i was saying that's like a recovery rate that recovery rate seems higher to me than i thought is i guess what i'm saying right yeah so in about 25 percent of patients who are treated it's just a one-time thing sure wow that's what that means so in general a low dosage antipsychotic drug will reduce the risk of relapse Mm -hmm. um okay some causes of a psychotic break are um extreme and or prolonged stress okay mom Um, are you writing this down (laughs) (laughs) hi mom uh such as the death of a loved one could send someone down that slope okay Um, drug use is a big one. So Mm. either compulsive use of something like PCP or even just 
like a few times of bath salts. That guy who ate that the dude's face eater. Oh, yeah. oh, we yeah. have to do a, a whole episode thing. on like crazy drug related reactions. Yep. And crimes. Yeah. Because I one on just bath fucking salts. love watching bath salt and crocodile videos. Because I'm fucked <laughs> oh, up. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, more um, wine, even please. S- even steroids can lead to or have been mm. pointed to a cause Lord and rage. also uh people who use marijuana a lot How are can, more is that real? prone to it is that a real well, thing or is that like from the 1960s like reefer madness it's from 2004 <laughs> but i also think that this might be including synthetic marijuana which i have a story to tell you guys mm-hmm. later on okay what's that shit so called? that could be included it has a name it's like Slip or skid or yeah, you know, there's cheese something. or something. It was on a recent episode of Cops, and I felt so out of touch because I could not figure out what they were talking about. And yeah. my boyfriend, Dan, had to fucking explain it to me. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, someone Google it on their phone. Yeah, hurry up. Text us, bye. <laughs> um, a lack of sleep, um, mm-hmm. f- fever, brain damage, hypnosis could lead to a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Also, people who have been on the battlefield have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many things. And then, Kenyon, here you go. Parenthood Woo! can uh, cause a psychotic break. Yeah, oh, also, congratulations m- to my sister who just had her second baby. <laughs> Cheers. Congrats, Ash. <laughs> Can't wait for that psychotic, Don't have a psychotic break. break. How old are you? <laughs> Mid-30s? What? Here's She's the due. crazy part. Here's the crazy part. This is mostly with men hmm. who are new to parenthood. They are they more likely it. to have a psychotic break than women. And this is separate from postpartum, obviously. Right, right, right. right. This is like a fucking meltdown. Um, and sometimes it happens with women who have previously denied their pregnancy, so they're already kind of crazy. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so... Often, a psychotic break occurs when reality becomes unbearable, so the brain just temporarily breaks with it and is like, I'm going to be over here for a little bit. Okay. Wow. So it's like a self-protection. Yeah. It's a self-defense mechanism. It's like mechanism. a coping. Yeah. Yeah. It that could be can like a coping turn thing. into something fucking terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, And brain. then just following up about the drug use, often when you abruptly stop doing drugs, mm-hmm. Then that, then this is another way for the brain to cope with. Oh my God, reality's too terrible without my drugs. Right, and the and chemical makeup of your brain gets all fucked and out of mm. whack from mm-hmm, using the mm-hmm. drugs and then abruptly not using the drugs. Right, right. Don't do drugs. Don't or just except be smart some about pills, it. some <laughs> weed, <laughs> some MDMA we, and hallucinogens. We, we have a list of things that are approved <laughs> yeah. by the wine and crime gals. Say, we all paused kind of guiltily and then like started coming up with the list of exceptions Except the list of all the things we've done moving on i could do coke like once a month well, at a concert just don't do any of that stuff and then almost get kicked out of a casino sorry mom oh my god oh my god, oh my god. okay so some symptoms of a psychotic break which again in general, this will be obvious to the people around you mm-hmm. or the per- the patient. They're sometimes not noticeable. They're they're not always obvious. Um, okay. But if you're like undergoing a full psychotic like from start to finish, it'll be obvious eventually. But mm-hmm. some of the symptoms are not noticeable immediately. Okay. Um, so they include delusions, 
so inability to distinguish reality from fantasy, uh, hallucinations, like, okay, not only seeing and hearing things that aren't there, but also tasting, smelling, or feeling things that aren't there. Weird. Okay. Which is creepy. And there's also command hallucinations, which is when you hear a voice, it's like, jump out the window. Yeah. Hit oh. him in the face. Yeah. Burn Go this. Outside. Burn this, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, your emotions are totally inconsistent with external reality. Um, so sometimes people go into a catatonic state. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a total absence of affect. They mm-hmm. are not responsive to anything. Uh, people can have violent outver- outbursts, severe depression. When bipolar disorder is involved, the symptoms of a psychotic break could include crying, grandiosity, which is a big one. Yeah. Um, feeling like you're connected to God or Jesus or something like that. Uh, um, it, through, insomnia, through irritability. Cups and plates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those symptoms you just listed are just like me when I'm PMSing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yep. Every month. <laughs> Everyone's out to get me. Get me. <laughs> no one's I'm answering my calls about every four weeks. And you're being mean to me. Cool. Well, that puts things in perspective for me. Yeah. Yep. Um, So also on your period, garbled or disorganized speech. (laughs) Disorientation. Um, These were creepy phrases that I came across that I really like. Thought interference is Mm. when you have the delusion that others can read, hear, steal, or insert into your thoughts. Ooh, that's a common one in in schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, A lot of these are really common with schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. which is why a psychotic break could be just the first Mm -hmm. in many episodes of schizophrenia. Mm Um, thought echo, which mm. is when you hear your own thoughts being spoken out loud. And then do you think others around you can hear them as well? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So kind of okay, that would make me paranoia. crazy because the shit go- that mm-hmm. goes through my head. I don't want anyone hearing that. Mm-hmm. I'd freak and also out. Th- and also thought disorder, which is it could include excessive attention to unnecessary detail, like over-inclusive thinking and obsessing about very small things that don't matter. Okay. Um, dif- difficulties in abstract thinking, like you can't explain a proverbial phrase. So, like someone could say they let the cat out of the bag or spilled the beans. Right. And you just do, do not understand wow. that. that one's really interesting. I've never heard of that one before. I may, it, mm-hmm. it makes me think at least the excessive attention to what was it unnecessary, whatever detail. That, like uh-huh, the, yeah, yeah, that makes detail. me. Is that maybe a symptom of like OCD? Um, all of these are really wrapped up, and this again is why if you experience a break, you need to talk to someone, the multidisciplinary mm-hmm. professional, mm-hmm. because they are all linked together. Yeah. Mm. The, and the, really, when you're when you're diagnosed with something, it's it's not always black and white. Yeah. Right. You could just you just fall into a category. You no, have in fact, an array it's a, of symptoms and it's just categorized. Yeah, it's often not black and white at all. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's a good segue to this interesting article that I read uh, on Oprah.com. Yes. <laughs> by a woman named Kyla Marshall or Marshall. Mm-hmm. She wrote a piece where she described what happened to her during her psychotic break. Oh. And it's kind of about the intersection between mental illness and creativity. Oh, cool. So she she describes uh, 
starting to obsess about which word God wanted her to use when she's writing, which musical note is the most holy, Mm. um, fear of, and she was an artist and a writer and a a musician. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff, she just started obsessing about what the right things were, what God wanted her to do and fearing punishment from God with at any misstep. So she, she was diagnosed, she got on meds, she returned to normal, but that she's thinking about it from the other side, she's now thinking that there's a link between mental illness and creativity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the example that I liked the best was she said metaphor is the invented relationship between disconnected things, which in another context is the definition of delusion. Right. Mm, so perhaps this explains the oft-referenced link between mental illness and creativity and genius. That's mm-hmm. cool. Like, just really, yeah. Just to play devil's advocate, sort of for a second, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what you're saying and what she was writing is really, really interesting, and there probably, maybe, is a connection there. But also, a lot of times, people with mental illness who are creative types look at the decision to go on meds as one to like solve the mental illness problem in quotes but lose their creativity in the process they see it as right. like a zero sum a game. sacrifice yeah mm. and yeah. and it isn't it isn't necessarily that especially if you find the right medications for your mm. mental illness mm-hmm. then it doesn't have to be that way so mm. but i could understand why that's a fear you're giving up a way of viewing the world yeah. and if it's an if it's inhibiting your quality of life then of course it's a problem and that's an illness and you should get help mm-hmm. but to that point you are sacrificing a a, a world view mm-hmm. yeah i and i'm mostly speaking more about depression and anxiety right. mm-hmm. I, I don't have the experience of schizophrenia yet um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming. You have till thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just with just to be super open about it. So I'm on antidepressants and mm-hmm. going on them. Aren't we all right? <laughs> going on them was a huge uh, benefit for me, and it yeah. made me feel more like myself instead mm-hmm. of like a different person because I found the right medication. For, for sure. Me. I mean, I've had this conversation with many people. I've been treated for anxiety on and off and on over the course of my life, but I've also <laughs> been a, a type one diabetic since I was like 11. And mm-hmm. a lot of conversations that I've had with people is equating the two, you know, mental illness is diabetes. You have to treat it daily in a way that works best for you and for your body. And mm-hmm. you can't, you know, if you go a day without treating it, you're gonna feel sick. And it's, it's just like, it's not, it's something that's part of you. It's not going to go away. And mm-hmm. if you can find mm-hmm. the right treatment for it and, and work hard to keep your mind and your body healthy, you can live a fairly normal life. It's a self care thing. It's an, it's an upkeep thing mm-hmm. and it's a, it takes commitment to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And courage to make those sacrifices. It sucks. Uh huh. And especially when we're talking about mental illness, there's such a stigma mm-hmm. that so many people do not get treatment for it. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Yeah. And that's that's sad. I think it swings both ways for sure. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are over medicated Mm -hmm. and who will just plug that hole with a pill because it's easier. Yep. But obviously there are a lot of people for whom it is a chemical imbalance and you need help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think to 
to get up and make a meme with the mere woods and say, this is how it is, mm-hmm. black and white. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. That's never, never, ever the case. Right. It, it goes both ways. If you made that but, meme you know, and you're listening, fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this is... It was is probably a man that made it. For sure. <laughs> this fucking patriarchy. <laughs> We're going to just assign blame on this for no reason. Some um, white man. Right. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I have I have a couple of cases. <laughs> I have a couple of cases to uh, tell you guys mm-hmm. about. The first one we all know about James Holmes, the mm. 2012 Colorado movie theater shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he had shown signs of being mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. He'd been kind of nuts for a while, but the problem is he was. He, you, he couldn't be committed. Was he an adult? Was he 18? Yes, I, so. I believe he was over 18. So nobody, he, if he didn't want to get help himself, mm-hmm. nobody could force him to. And with the great laws of our country, he could buy as much ammunition as he fucking wanted to. Yep. So that's what happened with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, his, this is a case that, like, we've just talked about mental illness and how it's a disease and how it's out of your control and how mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I completely 100% agree with all of that. And yet I hate this man who mm-hmm. I know was suffering from a disease, which mm-hmm. caused him to do this, but I hate him at the same I hate time. Him. Well, I hate him and his shitty of, hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lot, I hate him for killing people. people. I hate him for his orange fucking hair. <laughs> A lot of people, and probably most people who are suffering some, from psychosis, just by definition of psychosis, are, will not seek help themselves. Mm-hmm. Most, most of them will just take, you know, you're, you're not experiencing reality. You can't see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can't understand that it's not normal. And we have a so, system where oftentimes until this individual hurts somebody else, we can't forcibly commit them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I understand both sides of that mm-hmm. debate, but um, I guess the a lot of responsibility lies in cases like this to on people around them, on yeah, the family, loved ones. yeah, yeah, on your family. But Sometimes even then, you have to you have then. to risk severing a relationship or hurting someone's feelings to say something's not right and you have a problem and you need to get help because in most situations they're not going to get it themselves. Yeah. Um, so about James Holmes, I couldn't find the video or really a lot of information about this, but um, his, apparently his defense team showed a six-minute video of him. They were trying to prove a mental illness or mm-hmm. whatever. It's a video of him standing on top of his prison bunk bed and just falling backwards onto the floor. Just trying to hurt hitting, himself. Um, just... A, Who knows? a loss of reason. Yeah. He's acting, acting they, bizarrely and erratically. They, for, they were, yeah, they were using it to illustrate that he is has psychosis. Yeah, he and is they also, not of sound mind. Um, he was uh, recorded as smearing feces on himself, mm. licking walls, and eating paper. Mm. So, but there was also some question: what if if he's already in prison for committing this atrocious crime? Mm-hmm. What what does he have to lose by acting nuts and trying to get an an insanity plea? Right, you know? it's just so a lot of people ugh. were doubting that that was a tr- that he was acting genuinely, mm-hmm. and maybe he was just super calculating. Ugh, and I don't know um, what's worse, honestly. They're. I think he's genuinely having a. I think he's genuinely suffering 
I think yeah, I think you'd have to be. But like, what? I don't know what's worse, being being this ill, or being so fucking evil that you would perform this act and then pretend to be this ill to get a lesser sentence. Like, it's all really gross. Right. Yeah. I don't like You're it. obviously ill to go shoot up a movie theater sure. and kill 12 people. Yeah. But he, he could have done, like, he could have done more to, like, if he was sane at the time, he could have done more to get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he could He tried to kill himself, didn't he? Yeah, but that's, or no. but I think so, but that's different than trying to, like, flee and commit yep. more murders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, so I think he was genuinely insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my last little piece is a personal anecdote. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. This happened to me. Well, what? I sort of. I didn't have a psychotic break. Wait a minute, where were we when you had your psychotic break? I would have confessed that a long time ago. It was the day before a wedding. 35 minutes ago. (laughs) I actually did. It was at Fat Randy's. Fat Randy's, sorry. I can attest to that. I think we all had psychotic break. My mom did for sure. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Okay, no, this um, this was a few years ago. Um, my sister went to college with this kid. Um, I'm not going to use his name, mm-hmm. but uh, I went to visit her in her city that she was living in, which I also won't name. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met at like a coffee shop. We were just having lunch, and then one of her friends walked in, and she's like, "Oh, you know, good to see you. This is my sister." Blah blah blah. And she had told me about you know she's just one of her friends that I had. Her, you know, she'd mentioned in passing, so I kind of knew of him. Yeah. And he sat down, he was chatting with us, he's he's just so cute, and just so, he was really nice and, like, really weird, but obviously I like people like that, mm-hmm. so we were telling him that we were going to a David Sedaris show the following month. Okay. Um, in that city, and he was like, oh, that's awesome, let me... Let me write down your name and and what date are you going to that show? I'm gonna connect with you on Facebook and see if I can get some tickets to go with you guys. Okay. okay. So, so I was like, okay. So he wrote down my name and the date of the show. Okay. And then later in the conversation, and again, I just thought he was kind of kind of kooky and obviously like a stoner. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what whatever he was on but, or whatever. But he's your sister's friend, so he's already, like, pre-vetted. It's not like a stranger sure. at a bar, so you're exactly. giving him the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. I wasn't being an Aloysius about him. Mm-hmm. Your own father, yes, just but this strange boy cute. in a bar, no. It wasn't a bar, it was a coffee shop, and we were eating lunch. Whatever. <laughs> it was a bar. Um, so... He started talking about some kind of communication that he was having with this random dude in Africa, which, as he framed it, it was obviously a scam that he kind of got sucked into. A Nigerian prince. I was just going to say a Nigerian prince. It was something like that. Send him a money order for $5,000, and he'll send you one for (laughs) $10,000. But he was like he was like telling us about this relationship that he had this friendship that he had with this guy like all these communications and he said that he thought that they like shared a soul. Oh, and okay. the, like it was really bizarre but it's like that the Nigerian again, I print scam artist guy is also creeped out. He's like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I just I know my friend. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> anyway, where is this going? 
I've spent so much on phone cards <laughs> from this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Down the drain. Um, so, yeah, I just thought he was weird, but would later find out that at that time he was in the midst of a psychotic break. Oh, my God. So, uh, my sister tells me later that previously he had, like, smoked a lot of weed before, and then he kind of switched over from the organic stuff to the synthetic stuff. Oh, no. And was... And was smoking the same amount of the synthetic <gasps> stuff that spice. he had. It's called spice. It's called spice. Oh, It just came to I me. Yeah, I knew it started with an S. A wine revelation. Spice. Okay, continue. <laughs> you should have gotten a spice wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, and I have never smoked synthetic marijuana. No. It sounds disgusting. What's the point? But it's I, not, not marijuana. marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. It's not marijuana. Right. Well, it's a lot cheaper. And that's care. why a lot of because people use it. Because it's like it. it's a rat lot... poison spray on yeah, and shit. It's, and, it's, and it makes you and it's fucking more crazy. In, and it's more intense than real organic marijuana. Right. Which is Pretty why it was a problem almost. when he was... Smoking the same amount of the synthetic stuff oh. that he was with the organic stuff. Uh oh. Um, so at that time that I met up with, that I met him, he had just gotten a new girlfriend um, who had asked him to stop smoking it because obviously, obviously, right. Um, so he just quit cold turkey, and that's when this break happened. Okay. Um. So during this time, and my sister told me a couple of other incidents, not totally clear on the timeline of this, but it was within about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, he locked himself in his apartment for several days, thinking that he was Jesus in the cave after his death. Oof. Okay. I have a and question. no one could get a hold of him. Okay. As an atheist, uh-huh. uh, the number of people who experience like God delusions. Mm-hmm. During their psychotic breaks, and then they have these, like, pretty concrete references to, like, biblical stories that Mm -hmm. they're experiencing. I Um, mean, everyone knows that Jesus died and was in a cave and came back to life, right? From Mm -hmm. the cave? I probably would have forgotten the cave part, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Only the second most important part next to the cross part. But yeah, okay. I mean, if you really pressed me, I would like remember it, but it's not the t- it's not the top of my brain. Sure, sure, you sure. You know sure. what I mean? It's just a. I think if you are in a Western society mm-hmm. and, cri- and you have a notion of Christianity, mm-hmm. um, these it's the grandiosity we were talking mm-hmm. about. It's a delusion. So that's probably the most logical thing that you would link to mm-hmm. in your subconscious. Christianity you know, is I, very I am God much, or I am Jesus, very much embedded in Western society and yeah, civilization. For sure. And we, I feel like Kenyan excluded. But, but, I mean, I <laughs> was, I was, uh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Lucy and I were raised going to church, but like, Neither of our parents were very adamant about it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like are up to a certain point, and then they were like, "Well, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. You're basically an adult now." But yeah, they weren't like crazy fundamentalists, right? We no. don't know the upbringing of this person. Maybe he had a lot more exposure to like Bible study or church than yeah. any of us did. But I mean, if Lucy wanted to have a psychotic break, you best goddamn believe she would be able to like fucking recite some mm. some verse. Yeah. 
I have that's one scheduled common. for next month. Oh, good God. <laughs> okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, okay. So he thought he was Jesus, locked himself in his apartment, um, and thought it was he was in the cave after his, his, de- his own death. Wow. Um, he also drove out to the boonies outside of town um, to some random graveyard. And I don't know if somebody found him doing this or if he told someone later, but... He spent some time, like, worshiping a grave. Oh. Like, just had a whole spiritual thing going in this random graveyard and who knows where. That Weird. sounds like a good um, time. I was going to say, this sounds like us in Excelsior in that graveyard next to McDonald's <laughs> on, like, a Tuesday. Yeah, but, like, minus the giggling. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> he was, like, very... Serious Breaking into the, quote, um, crypt that was actually just a shed built into the side of a hill. Yeah, that was really anticlimactic. Mm, I was kind of banking on some corpses, but whatever. No bones. Um, so <laughs> then the 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 uh, finale of his psychotic break, he what he had dropped off his girlfriend at work, and he was you know driving around town, driving home presumably. He drove to a furniture store, went inside, started screaming at the people inside in Ooh. a Darth Vader voice. Oh, cool! <laughs> and, I like him. He, he started accusing them of stealing his mom's soul. Ooh. Okay. And then he passed out on a couch <laughs> in this furniture store. So what is the significance of him writing down your name in the David Sedaris concert? Did that just creep you out? Or did oh, something happen right. there? Um, no, he, at, at this, sometime during this time or after, I'm not really sure, he had found the piece of paper where he wrote down my name and the date mm-hmm. and forgot that it was... Yeah, he forgot the context. Like, he forgot that I was the sister and that was the David Sedaris thing. Sure. And he had a delusion that I uh, was plotting, I was in some government plot to like oh, blow up no. the Pentagon Oh shit, so you could have been a date. target. That yeah. I, I know, that's the scary part. Well, the he weird part name, is first that and he last was name. right. You were applauding that. <laughs> I know. He actually <laughs> stopped he put it me. together. He did? <laughs> he stopped you? No, I said he stopped me oh, from blowing up the Pentagon. Okay, I got really excited <laughs> and also scared. <laughs> no. I don't Damn. know. He's so cute. I wouldn't have minded oh if he God, stopped Oh, my God, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the furniture store people called the cops and he was arrested and spent a couple days in jail before he was committed to a hospital and got the help that he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's okay now, I think, uh, mm-hmm. but he has very little memory of like that entire period of time. Wow. That is bonkers. And he's mm-hmm. one of the more benign Yeah, stories. he didn't kill anyone. He didn't well, hurt he didn't anybody. He didn't kill anyone. He didn't hurt himself. No, and, he didn't hurt anybody else. And the, and the violence and the outbursts is—it's—it's it's not like the reg, you know. Right. It's just something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's a James Holmes about it. No, right. no, no. People are more often a Britney Spears about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Leave Britney alone. Oh, I, I fucking love her. <laughs> She's an inspiration. <laughs> I want to. I actually have two facts that I thought maybe Lucy would cover, but. We didn't get around to them, so I'm just going to throw them in real quick before going to my All right. Day. Upstage me. Sure, That's sure, fine. sure, sure, no. sure. Oh, sure, sure. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably refute them. So. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, so I found while reading about my case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that uh, 
Well, most serial killers have an ideal victim that they seek out. So, like, you know, Ted Bundy wanted... Sure. You know, brunettes with hair parted down 10. the middle, co-eds, mm-hmm. whatever. Buffalo um, Bill wanted a size 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <word. laughs> um, you're, you're too good at that. I love it. Just so you know. It's my fallback it if wine and crime fails. So thank you. <laughs> First gonna... female Buffalo Bill impersonator. <laughs> Buffalo Betty. <laughs> if you donate $25 or more <laughs> on Patreon, Amanda will do the Buffalo Ooh. Bill voice for your voicemail recording. <laughs> Hello? Oh, wait. I'm not here right now. Are you like a great big fat person? Leave a message. <laughs> That's that is legit. Hey, I want that, that is legit. I'm too drunk That's to really real like offer. consent to anything, but I'm gonna go ahead and consent to this. I'll do it. All right. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> most serial killers have an ideal victim, and they kind of are in an organized pattern trying to achieve their ends. Right. Yeah. So usually they're trying to kill a specific victim in a specific way. Mm-hmm. But what this article was calling visionary killers, which is basically killers experiencing visions or experiencing psychotic breaks. Sure. Um, their uh, pattern of behavior is seemingly random to authorities because it's it just follows their own weird logic. Okay. Of their psychotic break. So they're categorized as disorganized killers, usually. Oh. And, they're, and they're focused on the act, not the specific victim type, usually. Okay. But it's not random in the eyes of the, of the person carrying out these. Right. No, in the eyes of the person, it's like, it could be it like, It makes perfect okay, sense. That, you know, that person is part of this government plot to... Oh. Kill God me. told me to kill that mm-hmm. person. Right, exactly. So my case is uh, kind of a famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is Richard David Falco, better known as David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the forty-four caliber killer, a.k.a. Son of Sam. A.k.a. Son. James Franco, a.k.a. his brother <laughs> David Franco. <laughs> A.K.A. 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 You're hot. Make out with me. Dan won't mind. Hashtag propose Dan. A.K.A. Please make more movies so I can take baths and watch them. Kristen Stewart. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right. Make a movie with Kristen Stewart. That's not even funny. I wouldn't leave my house for a week. My house would become Jesus's death cave. I'm not having a psychotic break. I'm having a masturbatory break. I'm literally taking a break to masturbate for seven days. And then I'll come back to reality and be like soups refreshed. I think that's called a staycation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's the mid 1970s. I'm going to give you like an overview of uh, the son of Sam killings and then We'll get to the background stuff. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the mid-1970s uh, in New York City. Berkowitz begins his killing spree. <clears throat> um, he 
first tried to kill two young women using a knife, but it didn't work, and they both survived. So then he mm-hmm. soon switched to a forty-four caliber bulldog revolver. What? And went, How could That's you a plan to kill two two people with one knife? Well, he's not fair. That was just poorly planned. His his uh, success rate is really only around like sixty percent in terms of fatality. It's pretty so, high. Well, he's just bad at it. But he's not know. great at it. Which thank That's God. That's a D. That's a D. That's a passing grade in a lot yeah. of high schools and colleges. Yeah. I would know. Yeah, not something to be proud of, though. <laughs> He's not bragging to his cellmate. <laughs> okay, so he goes on to kill six people and wound seven others. He targeted young women between the ages of, like, 18 and 20 uh, with long brown hair. Uh, Uh-oh. Yep. What, one blonde, but mostly long brown hair. So um, Lucy's. He ignited a public panic uh, during the so-called Summer of Sam in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- the panic was mostly in New York City, but it made headlines around the world. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I just want to give uh, a shout out to my fiance, Zach, for recommending this case. And... Mm. Uh, it's mainly because his mom was a teenager with long brown hair in the Bronx <gasps> in no. the 70s. <laughs> did she meet him? Cool. She did not meet him, but she, she said that. Was she one of the survivors? <laughs> Basically, who knows? Um, she knows, <laughs> and she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? It's a mystery. We'll never find we'll never out. <laughs> but she's, I know, she, she'll, she, she has all these stories of just growing up in the Bronx at the time and just being terrified of the son of Sam, killer. Oh, um, that's so exciting. Jealous. So, Shut up. That is the worst. <laughs> so the public panic uh, kind of reached like a hysteria and vigilante groups formed across New York City to look for the killer. Um, and this was mainly fueled by the fact that uh, David Berkowitz left letters at the crime scenes uh, for some of his attacks. Oh. It was his calling card? Well, yeah, he wrote letters to the police promising to kill, you know, again, and uh, the press picked up on these letters and publicized them, and it just... Weird. ...spiraled out of control. So... So they were left at the scene? I believe so, yes. He might have mailed one to one person, but I think... Several of them were left at the scene. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I'm sorry. So exciting. Okay, so I'm going to read you one of the letters. Yes. Were they handwritten? They're Fuck. handwritten. In, yes. And their photos on the blog, and the handwriting is cray, and it's all caps and, like, super erratic and insane looking, and it's great. Josh, so, don't get jealous. This is not going to overshadow the Karen and Ellen <laughs> letters. <laughs> Though I like where this is going, and maybe we yeah. need to reformat our entire podcast. Yeah. Continue. But it might overshadow, and sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally never. Continue. It couldn't. It couldn't. I am I'm so excited to hear this letter. To that. Okay. <laughs> so good. All right, quote I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater, woman mystery. <laughs> So he's how do you spell, spell women? Woman. W e 
M-O-N. Oh. Fucking patriarchy. I'm sorry. Idiot. No, I think, I mean, maybe he had dyslexia. I don't know. No. 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 He says, I am not, but I am a monster. I am the, quote, son of Sam. I am a little, quote, brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam Mm. loves to drink blood. Quote, go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young, raped and slaughtered. Their blood drained, just bones now. I just want to interject. He didn't rape any of his victims. Oh, thank God, but it's not Um, like, uh, it doesn't really, I, I, ugh, okay. It's it's all just so crazy. Well, there could be victims that they don't know about. The ones that are buried behind the barn or whatever. Uh, There could be, but he confessed to the murder, so. Let's just Mm, go with the he didn't rape any of them because that's going to help me sleep at night after this bottle of Zinfandel. Okay. You know I have to question everything. I <laughs> know. It's one of the things we love the most about you. It's one of the things <laughs> we also hate the most about you. Continue. <laughs> Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. And he got the two right, which is like, props to him. He used the right two, which snaps for that. Yeah. Mm. If he can do it, you can do it. Yeah, folks. come on. Your, 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 two, two, two. Come on. <laughs> it ain't hard. There, there, there. <laughs> there, there, there. Ugh, God damn it. That's another episode entirely. <laughs> I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody. Wrong then. God damn it. God damn it. Pro- oh. He's the worst. Pro- programmed <laughs> to kill. Wrong too. However, God. to stop me. <laughs> God. I'll this stop. hurts. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention, all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else. Keep out my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh. Me hoot it hurts, sonny boy. I don't know. I miss what? I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the quote monster, Beelzebub. The, the quote chubby behemoth. Oh my god, yes, that is so my drag name. <laughs> <laughs> Officially. <laughs> I'm taking it. I am taking it. It's mine. Right? <laughs> Introducing the, the ch- chubby behemoth. Oh my god, it rolled off the tongue. It's fucking perfect. Thank you, son of Sam. It's perfection. Okay. I, I, Thanks, David Berkowitz. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, not funny. <laughs> I, As you laugh. I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The Ooh, women of pig. the women of <laughs> Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt. My life, blood for Papa. Uh, and then, so, <laughs> is Father more, Sam but... like his 
the manifestation of his delusion? Like, is yes. is is Father Sam the like creepy voice in his head that's telling him to do things? Yes. So, do you want me to get to the psychotic break part and then we'll get to the background? Yeah, I'll stop yeah. interrupting. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's fine. I mean, I'll Quit never stop interrupting. Amanda. I will literally never stop doing that. But all right, <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some background and then I'll tell. I'll explain the Father Sam stuff. Okay. 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 So, Richard David Falco was uh, born the illegitimate son of a poor Jewish mother in uh, the Bronx. She mm-hmm. was actually married to her second husband at the time that he was born, but she gave David the last name of her first husband, who had abandoned her years before. Okay, um, wait. So, David was the son of her in her second marriage? But she gave her son the name of the man from her first marriage. So we mm-hmm. it's thought that he is illegitimate and not actually oh. the son of her second husband. Because, or her first husband. Or maybe her first husband because he had seemingly been out of her life for years. Yeah. Um, so it's likely that he was just illegitimate we, and might not know the biological father. And as an infant, he was given up for adoption. Oh, so the second wow. husband okay. didn't want him around. We are off to a rough start for little David, who is not yeah. wanted by anyone. Yeah. Poor Davy. Yeah. So he's adopted by a childless, uh, middle-class, middle-aged Jewish family in the Bronx, and his name is changed to David Berkowitz. Um, he wasn't a great student. He uh, was kind of, like, troubled and infatuated with... Uh, Petty larceny and arson, which what is petty larceny? Do you know? I will look it up while you can What's continue. regular larceny? Right? I think it's just stealing. Is it stealing money? I don't know. Is larceny? I'm I looking at it. it. And petty larceny, theft of personal property having a value less than a legally specified amount. So yeah, okay. just bullshit stealing, like taking a chapstick from Walmart is okay. petty larceny. Got it. Okay, so that and... Color me guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. By, like, enough times that it's a felony at this point. Uh, Lots of chapstick. Amanda's Amanda's drag name will be Chubby Behemoth, and mine will be Pretty Larceny. Pretty Uh Larceny. (laughs) It's a good drag name. And mine will be Petty Loosiny. Get out. You cannot piggyback on Kenyon's drag name. That is against the code. I know. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm drunk. It's fine. Get your own. Yours is Long Big Lover 69. (laughs) Mine is definitely Long Big Lover 69. <laughs> We're taking okay. the show on the road. Oh so, my god. David was described as spoiled, difficult, and a bully. His parents sought the help of at least one psychotherapist when he was young, but um, no legal intervention was ever taken. And he didn't have a criminal record or anything. He was just like a troubled kid. Mm-hmm. Um, at 14, his adoptive mother died of breast cancer. Um, oh. And it seemed like they were pretty close. And his adopted father later remarried, and um, their relationship became really tense after that. Mm -hmm. Um, At 18, David enlisted in the Army, and he served in South Korea. Uh, But this was 1971, so it wasn't wasn't like a war zone. He was just, you know, in the Army. 
Right. Um, okay, so after he finished his time in the Army, David uh, tracked down his birth mother and uh, learned that he was illegitimate and that his birth father was dead. Um, and this triggered a severe identity crisis for him. Oh. Like, he really had trouble dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um he also was always very awkward around women and had intense feelings of insecurity. And because of this inability to socially interact with women, it's likely that he only ever had sex once while he was Ooh. deployed Ooh. Um, <clears throat> with a prostitute or sex worker. Um, and that he contracted an STI from his one and only time no. having sex. Oh my god. That's sad. Yeah. That's like getting Bastard. pregnant the first time you have sex. I know. Dude. Which yeah. has I've happened. heard about a couple of those cases too. Oh. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah, Poor that is guy. definitely possible. Wrap it up. Ugh. That's too bad. Um, that sucks. Okay, so months before his killing spree began, so he gets out of the army, you know, at the normal time. He's honorably discharged. He goes back to New York. He gets an apartment. He's living on his own for the first time. Um, and he writes to his father in his adoptive father in Florida and says, quote, dad, the world is getting dark now. I can feel it more and more. You wouldn't believe how much some people hate me. Mm. And then in another letter he wrote, I feel like a saint sometimes. I guess I'm kind of one. So those feelings of grandiosity, but also being pursued and persecuted like he had it all. Okay. Um, okay. So, and those feelings of being persecuted is also—I should have put that in my mm-hmm. symptoms. Delusions of persecution. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I don't think his adoptive father did anything about those letters. Okay. Um, I didn't see anything about that anyway. So, well, it's in the sixties or seventies or whatever. It's I mean, in the seventies. Yeah. I'm sure they were. Yeah. He probably thought he was it's not smoking like there's a dope. mental health hotline. Yeah. Right. I mean, we think that there are issues with recognizing mental health now. Let's rewind yeah. fucking 30 years and see how bad it had yeah. to have been. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially between men, I think. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the murders begin. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. So the first attack... Uh, David pulls a gun from a paper bag and fires five shots at two young girls, uh, like late teens, uh, sitting in a car, uh, chatting in the Bronx. Damn. One of, yeah. One of them dies and the other is seriously wounded. So this is after the failed one knife on two women attack? Yes, this is after that. I don't have much information okay. about that except that they both survived, um, Okay. Yeah. But that was his first attempt. That was his first homicide attempt and it wasn't it wasn't like the case was ever solved. It if he later yeah. confessed to it once he was caught for all of the attacks. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Um Okay, so the second like murder attack. Um a young couple is shot as they sit in their car in Queens. Um and the dude who survived the attack, um, actually had long hair at the time. So it's believed that Berkowitz probably mistook him for another woman. Oh, wow. Embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a blow. Hey, pretty lady. Oh, you're a dude? Gotta kill you anyway. Cover the tracks. 
<laughs> so the, the dude, the dude survived. The woman, um, the woman died. Uh, okay. So okay. Well, I feel like shit now. <laughs> Thanks. You're know, like, a dick. Uh, okay. You're just a dick. Um, We're assholes. <laughs> we know. Third attack uh, happens just one month later. Two girls were sitting talking on a stoop outside one of their homes, and he walks up and asks for directions. And then suddenly pulls a gun out of his waistband and Holy fires shit. several shots. And um, one of the girls was paralyzed and had to be in a wheelchair the rest of her life. And the other one was actually not seriously injured. And this is all um, completely Jesus. unprovoked. And now people are fucking paralyzed. Like, yeah. fuck you. Oh, it's, yeah. He, he is, so far he's attacked two different couples who are just sitting in their cars Right. And yeah. and now two girls chatting on a stoop. Right. That's <sighs> horrifying. Yeah. So then the fourth attack, another young couple is shot while sitting in their car um, after leaving a bar at midnight, and the woman dies, but the man survives. Ugh. Um, Did he have long hair, too? He, Wasn't he only targeting women with long hair? The, this guy did not have long hair, so I guess he's okay with killing couples. Ugh. Oh, okay. Um, He's flexible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fifth attack. Adaptable. A 19-year-old ni- woman is walking home in Queens at 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's the middle of the night. Not that that would uh, excuse anything, obviously. But 7.30 at night, she's like walking home from work. And she passes him on the sidewalk. And as she passes him on the sidewalk, he just turns and shoots her in the head. What? Oh, my God. God. This guy and is kills fucking... Her? Yep. Yeah, I, she does. This person makes me scared to just walk around. Yep. It's terrible. And, like, the yeah. odds are already stacked against me because I'm fucking female. Heaven forbid mm-hmm. you go outside at 7.30 Any and some time. shit is gonna shoot you while I you're fucking walking hair. down the street. Yeah, you're fucked. Kenyon and I are pretty safe. <laughs> um, I'm I'm already dead. Just write me <laughs> off, guys. <laughs> Bye. Can I write your obituary? <laughs> Please write my obituary. It'll be tasteful, It'll be but there will be fart jokes. Oh she was like a friend to us. <laughs> <laughs> I call that. That's on my tombstone. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. A c- couple more, unfortunately. Couple so, more murders. Hang in there. Jesus. Sixth attack. A young couple is shot while sitting in their car in the Bronx, and both are killed. Ugh. Seventh attack, yet another young couple is shot while sitting in their car. And actually, they were discussing moments before the Son of Sam murders. Oh, if they were both killed, how do they know? They were not both killed. Both survived and were able to give police a description of a, quote, stocky, unattractive white man with dark hair. I'm only picturing Danny DeVito. Yeah, pretty much. Go look at the photos. Look at the photos on the drive right now. He looks, this isn't going to help you guys because you haven't seen him, but he looks exactly like the guy who sold us our used car last year. And Oh, he looks like a used car salesman. His hairline was receding at birth. Yeah, he was really yeah. young when he was committing these murders. Uh, he was, like, in his 20s. His, po- his police sketch is way more attractive. His police oh sketch God. is way off. But the he looks New like York Jonah Post Hill. Article. Yeah, he does. 
He looks like a way Jewish Jonah Hill. Yeah. Is that okay he to say? He is smiling in every photo, including of him being apprehended. Yeah, he's... What a piece yeah. of shit. Bunkers. Yeah. So the, that couple in the car was like, this pathetic virgin just attacked us. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. They saw right through him. God La- damn it. Last attack, young couple getting in their car after seeing a late movie. The woman is killed and the man is permanently blinded. Oh my god. Ew, gross. He did yeah. some serious fucking damage. Yeah. He is fucked. So This guy sucks and he's so gross. Yeah. He's so gross. So there's a huge manhunt. Uh they say the largest manhunt in New York history looking for this guy. Um and uh, this is Can I just <laughs> notice one thing? Yep. Once again, the police sketch way off. <laughs> it looks the nothing like him. Nothing like no. him. No. I mean, I could never in a million fucking years identify this person off of that sketch. Like, the police sketch has way better. more hair. It's so off that it's almost like rule him out territory if you do arrest right? him. Yeah, I like, hold oh, that sketch up next to him and be like, that's definitely not him. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But all the attacks I mean, the are lips, so I quick. suppose. No. No. Uh-uh. Like, all the attacks mm. take place in just a few seconds. Ugh. You know? So, it's really hard for people well, to get a good look Well, not literally. So gross. Yeah. Okay, so Ugh. this is how he's caught. Huge, largest manhunt in New York, New York history. This is how he gets caught. Police were following up on a $35 parking ticket for parking uh, too near a fire so hydrant. Stupid. I know. Horse theft. Get your shit and together, criminals. They look, uh, seriously, get your shit together because they glance in the car and they see a machine gun on the Stop. seat. Stop. Just out oh in plain sight. God. Yep. <laughs> what the in fuck? In the back seat. Yep. Although it is the Bronx in the 70s. so And like, he is having a psychotic break, so. Yeah. Yep. So, then they go and arrest him uh, outside his apartment on August 10th, 1977, which is a decade and a day before my birthday. Oh, A decade and a day? I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Side note, he was a uh, working at, at the U.S. Postal Service oh, during of the course. time of all of this. Oh. I don't trust my mailman. I mean, he of knows course too much. he's a fucking psycho. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why they call it going postal. Uh, right. Huh. Yep. Okay, so as he's being taken into custody, he says very calmly, well, you got me. How come it took you such a long time? Well, good question. With that gross smirk on his face, yep. I'm sure. Yep. Ooh, I want to barf. <laughs> so he confesses. <laughs> he's really gross. He confesses to all six murders, and he's really talkative. He's uh, He spoke in chilling detail about each murder. Mm-hmm. So he's still, he's still like, in the, in the psychosis after being arrested. And, oh, like, for sure. Getting off on these murders. Ugh. God okay, damn. so he tells police that he killed at the behest of Harvey, a black lab retriever owned by his neighbor, Sam, 
Oh. Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> like a dog? Yep. Uh, so, Amanda, you have a black lab. No, I yeah. don't. I have a flat coat retriever. Wash out your mouth with soap. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and Callie, my thing. dog, is way too stupid to tell me to commit a crime. <laughs> she really is. She's, She's just, just the sweetest dumbest She's so sweet. She's so stupid. She doesn't know how to fetch. She's so dumb. She doesn't know how to fetch. I've tried. She's nine. She's beyond help. Okay. So he believed. He believed that (laughs) that the dog was a demon sending him messages through his incessant nocturnal barking. Nocturnal these... emissions. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and, and these messages were exhortations to kill. And sometimes he says that the neighbor was actually like the, the devil and he was sending messages through the dog. And then other oh. times the dog is the devil sending so, the messages. My other dog, Burke, barks like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This oh concerns God. me. My upstairs neighbors are going to go on a killing spree because, like, my dog told them to. They actually might because one of the theories <laughs> oh, about David no. Berkowitz <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, the dog's barking caused him to have extreme sleep deprivation, which would trigger confusion, memory lapses, and even hallucinations. So okay, my dogs people, don't bark at oh, night, weird. so I'm off the hook. But, like, okay. fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, legally, Amanda, you're not responsible for any homicides committed because your dog is barking. Cool. Thank you for clearing so that up for me. Unless I'm exonerated. You have a really I'm good. good lawyer. Unless you're like <laughs> Robert Durst and you can get a good lawyer, <laughs> then you're fine. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's much more likely that Berkowitz was actually a, just a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, Ooh, and right, because he he's hearing things from a dog bark. Right, he's experiencing right. auditory delusions, and oh. he was actually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic after his arrest. Cool. Um, and then some people say that he recanted his story of the demon dog in prison, and then <laughs> so that he could, and said that he could, he just made it up so he could plead insanity. But that doesn't make any sense because he actually didn't plead insanity; he just pled guilty. Weird. So, so I don't know why people would say that. Um, and yeah, so he received six consecutive life sentences. Oh my God. Totaling 365 years. Well, thank God. Yeah. So no parole. No, no parole. So no possibility <laughs> Actually, no, of parole. No, I'm wrong. He's up for parole every <gasps> two years automatically. What? Is it like a New York thing or what? I don't know. I don't Fucking know why. Fucking how? Yeah. Three, That's weird. 365 years and yet he's up for parole already no. and every two years. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I'm going to drink yeah. a lot more wine. Uh-huh. Cheers. I mean, he'll he'll never actually be released, I don't think. Um, he's still alive. I don't alive. think. He's, I don't think. He's, <laughs> don't buy any used cars in the Bronx. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> or send mail. Um, uh, so I'm writing him he, right now, tweeting at him. Or have long brown hair. Okay. <laughs> Berkowitz had a spiritual awakening while in prison in 1987. Um, 
and he is now a born-again Christian. And Convenient. he has come up with a, another new name for himself. No. Which is, instead of Son of Sam, he now calls himself the, quote, Son of Hope. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you piece of um, shit. He's just... He's just reaching for a book deal, and he can fuck right off. Son of douche. (laughs) Son of douche. (laughs) Okay, he has, this is so gross. He has kind of become like a darling of um, certain born-again Christian groups. No. As like a symbol of redemption and and a candidate for forgiveness and all this stuff. I hate it. Yeah. On at least one occasion, a Christian, quote, admirer mailed him a check for $20,000. Um, when is a Ooh. wine and crime admirer going to send us 20 grand? <laughs> right? We haven't done anything that this How fucker's many people done. How do we have to shoot in the face to get a check for, for 20 grand? Because I'll start. I'll start now. I've got a list. If that's what it's going to take. Oh my god, I would do so much worse for 20 grand right now. I mean, and that's putting it three ways. One third of 20 grand. This shows you how poor we are. That we're like, yes, we'll kill someone and we'll split that 20 grand three ways. So please go over to our website and support us on Patreon. 100 bucks. Because we're on anything you want. Anything. We are gonna have a psychotic break brought on by poverty. Please help. My utilities are due very soon. Doesn't, it's a crushing deadline. So many bills. Doesn't one third of twenty grand sound like an impossibly high amount of money? Yes, like I'll never have that much money. Sound I'll real. never have that much money. I can't wrap my head around no. it. No, no. that's where I'm. It's at. like no. And no one in my family is rich, so it's not like someone's going to die and I'm going to inherit a fortune. Like, no. Uh -uh. No, I'm going to have to do, people talk about DIY weddings. I can't even do that. I'm going to have to do, like, DIY funerals for my loved ones. (laughs) One third of 20 grand is three times less than I have in debt. (laughs) Because math... Okay, well, all right, speaking, last thing, speaking of uh, profiting financially from your crimes. No. um, (laughs) I don't know if he ever did a book deal. I think he might have because it might have triggered this law, which the New York York State passed a series of laws um, known as the Son of Sam laws, which are designed to keep criminals from profiting from their crimes, from, like, the publicity. Okay, well, that's good. So who got that twenty grand is what I want to know. I think he had to donate it, or I and don't what, know. What I want to know is, do Son of Sam lies laws apply to three girls making a <laughs> podcast hoping to profit I off of other people's so. crimes? I think we're good. I think, I we're, think golden. we're good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Love well, it. God forbid we actually commit a crime because the authorities could trace this back real fast. Oh, we're fast, but we, <laughs> we, we understand that. Okay. Yeah. So that is David Berkowitz, a.k.a. Son of Sam. Okay, now that we've taken a... F- 45 minute break so that Kenyon can empty (laughs) literally just the trash on her desktop. 
sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Twice. I'm convinced she never pressed the button the yeah. first time. Listeners, no, I clicked secure convinced. empty trash and it was real <laughs> slow and then I canceled it and just did regular empty trash. And so now <laughs> the NSA can just get all these recordings after like two clicks on my right. computer, I'm sure. So if we sound a lot drunker than we did two seconds ago, it's because <laughs> we've, we've time traveled. <laughs> Wait, are we starting again? Are we recording? Yes, yeah. I mean, are we starting? This is yeah. real. This is happening. It's my segment. Oh. We're on hour three in <laughs> real time, <laughs> but hour like 145 in podcast time. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. It's been a good hour since the last time you heard this, our voices. And a half a bottle this of wine. All three of us have cried because we love each other so much. We we did that. that we is did that. 100% fact that we happened. Did that. We talked about everyone having babies and we all started crying. I'm so glad we cut I'm that. I'm too drunk to cry. Back this to murder, you though. <laughs> 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 okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm um, ready. Uh, fair warning, I'm drunker than I think I've been on any show that we've done. <laughs> okay. Take it away. So it's drunker than a Russian grave way digger. Way drunker than a Russian grave digger. Digger. Drunker. <laughs> and my dogs are barking and I don't care. And here we go. So we're going to talk about okay. November of 2009. Anthony Waterlow, who spells his name Anthony, which is just. Oh, I know. No. But nope. like he was born. Are you saying Ant- Waterlow? Waterlow. Yeah. It's with a W okay. at the end. Yeah. Not, a, not two O's. And he was born gotcha. Anthony okay. with a T-H, but he spells his own name Anthony, which is like That's red disgusting. flag out of the gate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, That's like Cleopatra's husband, yeah. right? I'm going to mm-hmm. hit you hard right at the beginning of this story, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm ready. He goes to his sister Chloe's house outside of Sydney, Australia. Oh, my God. I've done two Australia stories in a row. Mm-hmm. And brutally murders both her and his father, Nick, in front of his sister Chloe's three young children. Oh, nice. Oh, dang. Not good. Okay. Okay. He's kind of cute, though. He's not. There's no way you're looking at the right picture. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's no way she's looking at David Berkowitz either. I don't know what you're looking at. You've, like, Googled fucking Ryan Gosling again accidentally. No, she's looking at bald Britney Spears is what she's looking at. Bald Britney Spears is cute, though. I'm looking at the guy with all the <laughs> hair and the really symmetrical face and the Sandy Cohen eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Okay. He does kind of look like your fiance, so I get yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. Actually, upon... He definitely yeah. looks upon like that. further investigation, <laughs> okay. Kenyon is literally marrying Anthony Waterlow. Okay. So the bodies of Nick Waterlow, 68, the dad, and 37-year-old Chloe Waterlow, the sister were found alongside one of Chloe's small children who had sustained injuries to the throat during the attack. So he killed his dad and his sister and cut the throat of one of his nieces. Oh, God. With the intent to kill them? I'm not sure what the intent was, but it happened. Okay. Jesus Christ. Anthony. It wasn't a dingo? It was not a dingo. For once in Australia. Okay. For the first Australian <laughs> crime in history not committed by a dingo. 
Wikipedia and Murderpedia can corroborate that claim that I just made. <laughs> Anthony was described oh. as a loner who turned extremely violent when off his medication, obviously. Then he lives off the grid in harsh Australian bushland for three weeks following the killings. Yeah. (laughs) When police find him hiding in the bushland, Mm. he was completely unaware that his sister and father were dead. Oh. When the police Uh. told him of their deaths, he held a knife to his own throat and begged the police to shoot him. Oh. I know. So sad. It's so fucked up. They were able to take him in safely um, into custody. So he did obviously survive the police altercation because it's Australia and he's white. And it's not Mm -hmm. the United States with him being black. So obviously he's going to be taken in safely. Fuck everything. Mm -hmm. Let's continue. Mm -hmm. Brought to Burger King Mm -hmm. on the way. Probably. So, Waterloo was diagnosed with schizophrenia as a young man, but his family said that he refused to take his medication. Mm. Um, His father and his sister had tried for years to help him with his illness, but, like, obviously were not successful. Um, Waterloo believed that his family was behind, quote, a worldwide game to murder him or force him to commit suicide. Pokemon Go? Mm-hmm. Nah, yeah. Not convinced that that's not a death game, but that's another episode entirely. Walk into traffic oh to catch God. that Pikachu. I've done it. Uh, schizophrenia and Pokemon Go is probably a terrible combination. <laughs> probably. I can only imagine. Right, because we're doctors, so... Um, psychologist Rosie Wilcox said that Mr. Waterlow told her in a consultation that he believed computers were assessing his brain through, quote, brainwaves and satellites. Mm. He and his family, uh, he said his family was screening his life on the internet for the world to watch, a la the movie The Truman Show. Okay. Which I love that reference. Great movie. Really good movie. But wouldn't be so great if someone was doing that against your will or you perceived that someone was doing that against your will. Mm Mm-hmm. No, probably not. Dr. Wilcox said that Mr. Waterlow did not fully comprehend that he had killed his father and sister until the antipsychotic medication took effect weeks later. So he was on the run for three weeks after their deaths and then brought into custody and put on antipsychotic medication and then mm-hmm. even more weeks for it to take effect after that was when he finally came to understand what, what he had he done, done. Mm-hmm. uh that's all i know it's this is like the that's fucking terrible. saddest story i mean it, it's sad on all on all sides of it i just i can't even imagine um there were apparently numerous accounts of Anthony Waterlow's increasingly violent, bizarre, and threatening behavior in the years before he killed his family. They had uh, all, I guess, sort of lived in fear of Anthony, who had a history of threatening behavior, including threats to rape a close female friend and to kill both his grandmother and other family that were living in Britain. So he had made a lot of threats. Maybe and, he doesn't look that mm, much like Zach. Well, he's, yeah, he still does. He just you doesn't cannot retract act it now. that much like Zach. Yeah, card laid is a card played. You said he looked like Zach. <laughs> That's in my memory now. This guy looks like Zach. 
<laughs> um, so he's had these psycho psychotic yeah. uh, traits for how and long? Like ten like years. The threats and the paranoia. Oh wow! A okay. long okay. fucking time, and that's gonna come around as I drunkenly talk more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this woman, Gail Bell, he uh, she is a friend of Anthony. And she said, under the court system, she and Anthony's family were unable to force him into treatment. Great. And I have a, I have a list of quotes from her that I'm going to read off. At first, they tried to force him into treatment because his life was just ruined by his disease. He was living in terror. He was traumatized, and we also knew his brain was degenerating from this illness. We didn't know where to go at first. It was really, really hard. We approached the private hospitals, and they said unless he walks in on his own two feet and asks for help, we can't admit him. Because he's, crazy. you know, he's over 18. Quote, how... I mean, that's re- that's a... Re- it's not an unreasonable it's law. It's not. You can't... I mean, imagine your parents just being pissed at uh-huh. you if you have a dysfunctional family and they commit you for six months. I mean, that's what's so rough about this is, no, it's not an unreasonable law. Because it does... Mm-hmm help keep things like that bogus shit from happening. But there is undeniably a portion of the population that are dangerous to both themselves and to others because of mental illness that we as a fucking worldwide society continue to brush under the rug and not, Mm -hmm. and not address Mm -hmm. head on and not provide the resources for these people that are actually necessary or for their families who are struggling with this. Like it's all so beyond fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all, everyone is set up for failure under this kind of system, period. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. Is is there a government system anywhere in the world that has a good approach I, to something like I this? I have yet like to I'm find one. Like, I'm looking at the Netherlands. I have yet <laughs> to find one. Obviously, every, every government, every continent, every social structure is going to have slightly different statistics. And mm-hmm. those governments have to operate within those numbers, which I do understand. But I think until we tackle the issue of mental illness globally as like a serious issue that affects everyone from every walk of life, we are doomed to fail. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer to it. I don't have a solution. That's just how I feel. Mm. Um, yeah. And. I- well, clearly no one has an no. answer. And I, and I think Gail is actually this woman that I'm that I'm quoting is very astute. She continues on and obviously she's had exposure to to Anthony for a long time. She's like a longtime family friend. So she knows what the fuck she's talking about. Um, she goes on to say, how can a person who thinks that the whole world is trying to kill him go into a hospital and hand himself over? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, how how exactly. do we serve this? maybe not large population, but this population of people who are afflicted with, yeah, with an illness that essentially makes them believe that everyone is against them. How is that person Mm -hmm. supposed to walk into a room and ask for help? How? And like we talked about before, the definition of psychosis is a break from Mm -hmm. reality. A person in that situation will almost never go Mm -hmm. for outside help of their own volition, they, they, they physically, I mean, they physically can't, they can't conceive of it. They can't. So she goes mm-hmm. on to say, then we went to the public system and we were told, unless he hurt someone, we could not get help. Not Great. because of the psychiatrist's desire not to help him, 
but because the Mental Health Act, which exists in Australia, seemed to prevent it. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the... Well, something similar is in the U.S., yes. right? Until they hurt someone, Precisely. we can't do anything. So what I was just going to say is one of the things that turned me out of this case is the fact that these issues of, like, being able to address mental health, being able to diagnose mental health, this exists globally. This is not just in the U.S. This is another affluent mm-hmm. fucking country, a developed first-world country, Australia, that's experiencing this. It's not just us. We clearly do not have a solution to, to this problem yet. Yeah, but at least in I think Australia, they don't have to... guns everywhere. That's very fair. Right. But he got a knife. I think it's he so, has it's kitchen appliances. Like, what are you, how are you going to regulate that? Right. No, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he stabbed them to death. Stuff. He stabbed his, yeah. mo- his father and his sister. Yeah. I think the first step is to understand mm-hmm. that mental illness is one facet mm-hmm. of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Everybody is susceptible yep. to it. Mm-hmm. It does not deserve a stigma. Mm-hmm. It needs treatment. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the first step to some kind of empathetic treatment, plan, mm-hmm. legislation, all yeah. of that. But the fact that so many people around the world, mm-hmm. just cultures in general, see it as a negative, a weakness, mm-hmm. things like that. And like we were talking about before, it really easily overlaps with creativity and genius mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's just a, one more facet to the human mm-hmm. brain and that's that we just need to accept and be able to deal that's with. That's part of the reason why I love this woman, this family friend, because like she seems to understand it articulated and then she has stood by anthony this entire time um Mm -hmm. and she continues Mm -hmm. on to say if we'd been able to get help for anthony then the tragedy might not have even played out right of course yeah so it's gonna get sadder so you might want to drink more wine um at trial i gotta get more i have plenty and by plenty i mean this bottle is empty and i'm on my last class but anyway Mm -hmm. Um, at trial, (laughs) Anthony read from a written statement. So these are his own words, 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 words (laughs) that too. I want to say that since I've been treated with the right medication, symptoms of schizophrenia have slowly gone away. This is a good thing, but also a terrible thing because it makes me aware of the awful reality of what I've done. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would kill Chloe and my dad, but I did. I miss my family incredibly. If I could give my life to bring them back, I would. I'm terribly shattered at what I've done. I'm so, so sorry, and I will be for the rest of my life. Oh, poor baby muffin. Right? It just, like... It it, really is heartbreaking. It makes me so sad for Chloe's children. So sad for, obviously, the entire Waterloo family. And Mm -hmm. so sad for Anthony who, like we've talked about repeatedly, he denied treatment, but he's not of the right mind to accept treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck mm-hmm. advocates for these people? Who mm-hmm. advocates for mm-hmm. them? Like, I, 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 I just, it just, it hurts me. Like, it, it breaks me to read about this because who is out there that's helping these people and, and keeping them from like getting to this families point? families should be allowed yes. to commit for temporarily commit members of their family mm-hmm. who are exhibiting certain signs, and then once they're in the facility, it's yep. up to experts to yes. assess them, and then they could be released as quickly as a day later if the experts think that there's no mm-hmm. 
uh, validity to the family's claims to try to prevent like abuse by family members. But if there is validity... It's so fucking convoluted because who gets to Mm -hmm. play God in this situation? Who gets to say Anthony is dangerous? Who gets to say Anthony needs to be committed? Anthony Mm -hmm. can't say it. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, there, there isn't enough proof for the family to say it. And what Mm -hmm. unsuspecting psychologist needs to be in control of that decision? Like it's all, I, again, I, I don't have a solution for it. It, It's all very, very convoluted and very scary. Well, you just can't predict. You can't predict it. Perfectly. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it's just too bad that, yeah, it's too bad that it that most laws say until they hurt yep. someone. Okay, but then you're giving them the space to hurt right. someone before you're someone not helps taking them. action until it's too late, and that it's it's all very fucked up in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong in this mm-hmm. situation. I I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only read about it and get drunk and talk about it and be sad. That's all I can do. All right, it would be like I think it would be good if there was some kind of legislation where, like, three different parties had to sign mm-hmm. off like on a it, committee. and one of which had to be a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, how would they even have access to the patient if they didn't right. go there of Right, and how volition? would they select There's who no serves on answer. that committee who decides, essentially, the fate of this person and their family for the rest of their life? Mm-hmm. There's no easy answer. So, to continue on, I'm almost done here, because there's just, I mean, it just, it sucks all around. Um, Mm. Gail Bell maintains regular contact with Anthony um, as he's receiving treatment. So, he he was not convicted of murder. He was, uh, he was put in a facility on the stipulation of an an insanity plea, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. he's receiving treatment in a maximum security mental health facility in Malabar, Australia. Um, he's being treated with anti-psychotic medication. And uh, Gail was asked why she, like the other members of his family, had stuck by him through all of this. And I really liked her answer, and I just I want to quote her directly. Um, she said, I describe it as you're living in a nightmare, and you wake up and you're living a worse nightmare. Yeah. He now has to cope with what he's done. He struggles with it every day. He has to face a future where he now, because the medications are helping him to understand what he's done, the positive symptoms, the voices, the delusions are gone, and he knows Mm -hmm. what he's done. He loves his family dearly. Can you imagine yourself what it would be like trying to cope with that sort of thing? Life is a struggle. Imagine just waking up. Yep. And someone tells you that you murdered and your that's what happened father and sister and niece. That's what happened to him. So she says life is a struggle yeah. for him. It continues to be a struggle. So when you think of it that so, way, I would stand by him too. I would mm-hmm. try to be there for him. Mm-hmm. If best case scenario, best case is for you to feel this insurmountable remorse mm-hmm. yeah. for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. And that's when you're healthy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would pray for that psychosis to fucking come back Seriously. and relieve relieve your mind of this horrible regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost a curse that he's healthy yeah. now. Yeah. And, you know, other members of his family also continue to stand by him, including his brother, Luke Waterlow, who was obviously not at the scene when any of this happened. Um, mm. 
But he, Luke, wants this tragedy to inspire changes in the system when it comes to mental health. And he said, even as simple as, like, creating a booklet for families struggling to deal with a mentally ill family member would be a place to start. He's quoted mm-hmm. as saying, hopefully mm-hmm. the information booklet could go somewhere in that direction to support and give the family answers early on in the, pro- in the process from day one. What to do as a family, what your rights are, and what um, do we do from there? Um, yeah. if, if you genuinely mm-hmm. think For your sure. family member is unwell and needs treatment, you need to push until you get that. So yeah. all yeah. of this shit goes down. And you down. need to push before it gets yes. worse. It will, it will get, get worse. worse and all, if you all don't of this get shit help. goes down in 2009. And as a result of this case, a coroner that worked on the case um, recommended and I guess presented to the crown, as Australians call it, mm-hmm. major changes to the state's mental health laws to protect families well, and friends from the emotional harm and physical harm potentially caused by people who have a mental illness. So I did find some publications on these changes um, as ongoing up until about 2016, but now I'm not sure. I haven't seen another update that says, like, yes, this has been changed in the law in Australia. I don't really know where it's gone from there. It seems like it's still in the process, which seems insane to me, but it's also a legal system. So shit that goes yeah. down in 2009. Well, yeah. if, their, if their legal system is as convoluted it's gonna as take ours, forever. it'll take another decade before it's on the mm-hmm. internet in cement It'll somewhere. take forever. <laughs> so that's where we're at. This story just struck me as being very sad. It's another one of those situations where I, I both identify with the victims of this crime and also the perpetrator of this crime. They're all victims, they though. Are. I mean, when you put it in this context, they're all mm-hmm. victims. Right. I feel just as bad for him as I do for the sister and the dad and the rest of and the family. And this may sound so, super fucked up, but the sister and the dad get to be dead. And he has uh-huh. to remember this. What he did, without even really realizing that he had done it, he has to fucking... Or why. Or why he did it. It makes no fucking He's sense. He's going to be tortured None. for the rest of his life. I, I am not here to say who's better off. Obviously, I, I would never wish this on anyone. I, I wish mm-hmm. that Nicholas and Chloe could still be here today. But he's mm-hmm. fucking serving his, serving his time in this mental health facility, having to think about what he did every single day of his life. Mm. Honestly, he's serving his time in his mentally mm-hmm. adept, healthy brain. Yeah. He's been... I mean, if he is back... Assume, I'm, we are all making assumptions about his like healthy Mm -hmm. mental state but if it were me and I had a mental break and I killed my dad and my sister and then all of a sudden I like came to Mm -hmm. and had to piece together why and how and just why 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 that's a worse prison sentence than that I mean I would I would be suicidal he's in in a mental health facility and like the prison of his own mind and his own guilt so um, he's just, paying for his crimes. really sad. Just to uh, link it back, like, do we have any updates about James Holmes? No. Like, is he being, is he on medication? Is he, like, yeah. lucid now? I mean, he's, li- he's life without parole. He's in prison. I think he's just sort of, he's not, he's pushed away. He's not in a, he's not in a high security hospital. He is in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah, Which he's in prison. Which sadly kind of answers that, that question. Are, 
Mm-hmm. We are beyond some sort of public update about his, like, medication, you know? Yeah, okay. If it if it's not presented in trial or, like, mm-hmm. any sort of, like, media, I mean, it's not our business, right. I guess. Yeah. At least from a media but, standpoint. But we know... But he, he's in jail. We know, as just Americans, that our fucking legal system and our jail system does not rehabilitate criminals. It doesn't. Period. No. Mm-hmm. I I would be willing to bet that he was, he'd be like in and out of a psycho, you know, like who knows if he's getting his medication regularly. And also you're in a fucking federal yep. prison mm-hmm. for life. That's enough I, damage. No, if you're already broke, if you're already damaged no. by mental in health. In my mind, there's no there's, hope for this person's not, rehabilitation. There's no yeah, hope. It's not. Um. All right. So special thanks this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of new Patreon supporters. So it's many. Awesome. How is this happening? I, I don't, don't know. get it. Patriots. I think we sold our souls to a, a black lab. Oh yeah, I did do lab. that. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> like I don't know how this is happening. It's so great. Um, okay, so I love it. shout out to Crystal Nicole, who is also a Facebook mod. Yas Queen. And yeah, we recently yeah, became friends on FB, and girl, love you, girl. Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandy McDowell. Brandy. Yas also, yeah. Queen. You a fine girl. She's a fine girl. <laughs> oh, my God. We did that. Okay. Kevin May, sweetheart. Love it. Do our third boy. God bless yep. for being our fifth male listener. We appreciate yep. you so much. <laughs> Welcome to the fold. Um... <laughs> Christina Spetnuski nailed it because yeah. she's, mm-hmm. she sent a name pronunciation because she is an angel. Thank yeah, you. Also, if your name is weird, Bless please you. send a phonetic spelling. It's not that hard. Yeah. Thank you very much. Please and thank you. <laughs> if your name is weird. <laughs> and last but not least, no clue what their real name is. Nocturnal Druid. Nocturnal Emission. Oh, yeah. I, I went through a really solid Wicca phase for like five years. We remember. Love you. Minimum. Yeah. We were all Wiccan with you. We remember. <laughs> so, shout out. I had to confess to my priest about your phase and my involvement. So. Life. All right, mm-hmm. last big uh, thank you. We want to thank all of our recent iTunes reviewers. Um, leaving an iTunes review really, really helps us out. So if you're new to the podcast and you like our drunken ramblings, uh, please go leave us an iTunes review. <laughs> we'll take the one star. Like, I don't even care. We'll take it. It's a star. Guy. A star is a star. We did get a one star recently, and he said our voices aren't the most pleasant to listen to, <laughs> which is totally reasonable. It. My voice is horrific. <laughs> we, I know. It's like, bro, I can we barely know. stand listening to our episodes. I know. Oh yeah, honestly, we are I not listeners so. of our own podcast, by the way. So, if by some miracle you like this podcast, <laughs> go leave us an iTunes review. We would really we appreciate love it. Love you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Sound mixing by Dan Larson. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. All Wine and Crime episodes are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, plus a number of other podcasting apps. If we're not on your preferred app yet, let us know and we'll work to make sure you get your Wine and Crime fix ASAP. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the word.